0: This message today is is really an important one and one that is really personal to me. Last week we talked about when when God seems disinterested or absent, like he's ignoring us. We said this, when God is silent, he isn't absent. Let's pray. God, we we pray that you would heal our land. It's so easy to get caught up in the chaos or the frustration or the concern that we have and failed to see that you're at work. Even in the midst of great tragedy, you are calling people to yourself. God, I pray that we wouldn't lose our ability to, uh, to continue to impact the world. God, in the next few minutes, we're going to talk about when God seems late, when you seem late. And we pray that you'd give us the ability to to speak the words of healing to people. You'd give us the ability to wait when we need to wait. And more importantly, God, that these next few minutes, you would be a God who speaks. God, in the next few minutes, allow me to be so far in the background that my friends don't see Pastor Matt or Pastor Tim or Brett but they hear your words. We want this to be an exercise where you speak boldly. We love and adore you. You're a great God. We ask all this in your name. Amen. You know, who hates waiting? (laughs) Like, truthfully, who loves to wait? Who hates for water to, to boil? It seems like it takes forever. Who Hates waiting for for lights to turn from from yellow to green or from red to, to green. Who hates waiting at airplanes or at airports or at the grocery store? Who hates waiting on your spouse? Don't raise your hand. Don't hit your spouse there. We're talking today about when God seems late. You know, you've been praying about it, you've been believing that God's going to do something, you know that he hasn't yet, and you're like me. You start to question, why doesn't God do something about it? Why doesn't God show up? I don't know what it would be for you. Maybe it's finances, maybe it's a job, maybe it's a medical issue, maybe it's a relational issue. How many of you have ever asked this question? Why didn't God do something about it? God, why didn't you do something about it then? I don't understand this. And the reality is all of us at different seasons in our life, we face those waiting seasons where we know God could do something, but he hasn't. I mean, we've seen him do it in other people. We have faith for it. And yet God doesn't do what we think he should do, and we end up waiting and waiting and waiting. Maybe for some of you this morning, you're waiting for God to provide you the right job. You're ready to work, you're ready to go, and it's just not there. Maybe you're waiting for God to do a miracle in a relationship. It's interesting at this time where we're at how important relationships are you know we've maybe had some strains in our relationships because we've spent so much time together or maybe our relationships haven't been normal because we haven't seen somebody for a long time maybe some of you are waiting for a child to come back to faith in in Jesus maybe you're waiting for a miracle to heal some kind of physical ailment that you're struggling with. You you believe God could do something about it, and you're praying, and you're praying, and yet God hasn't done anything about it. And you're like me. You, you cry out to God and go, God, why why aren't you doing something about it? You know, if you have a piece of paper today, I want to encourage you to write down a few things. But here's the the key thought for for today. And I hope that we'll embrace this. I, I hope that with God in this season that we're emerging from, this pandemic, that a waiting season, one where we wait, is never a wasted season. Let me say that again. With God... A waiting season is never a wasted season. In fact, I want to show you this from a great story in John chapter 11. We're going to look at a a really powerful story, a familiar story of, of two sisters and their brother. We're going to look at Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. In, in fact, we first kind of get a glimmer of them in Luke chapter 2, 10, sorry, Luke chapter 10, verse 38, where Jesus is coming over to their house for dinner. <laughs> to me, it's a, it's a hilarious story. It's a funny story because Martha is like some of us. Everything has to be perfect. Martha is doing nothing. Ma- sorry, Mary is doing nothing. And Martha is like this. Jesus, tell her to do something. She's not even helping me out. Some of you are like Martha. It's got to be perfect. The the point I want to show you is that Jesus came to to Mary and Martha's house. In other words, they had a really close relationship with, with Jesus. And so when their brother Lazarus got sick... They totally and completely expected Jesus to do what he was doing for people that they saw, strangers. Jesus was healing strangers. So certainly Jesus would do the same kind of thing for, for them. But you and I know and they discovered God doesn't always make sense. Look at, at John chapter 11. So if you have your Bibles, turn to, to John chapter 11. It will be on the screen if you don't. There was a man named Lazarus who was sick, verse 1. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. So the sisters sent word to Jesus. In other words, they said, hey, go run with this message to him. Go find him. Go tell him this. They sent word to Jesus. Jesus, the one that you love, your friend is sick. Notice how intimate they were with Jesus. The one you love is sick. They didn't even say Lazarus' name. They just said the one that you love. They didn't even have to say his name. Your best friend is sick. That's how close they were. We're worried about, Mar- uh, about Lazarus, Jesus. But Jesus is, is healing all these other people, and so it must be okay. They wait and wait and wait and Jesus doesn't show show up now all of a sudden after a few days he, he shows up and Lazarus and Jesus were, were really close we we know that Jesus is going to come we know that he's coming but days go by maybe you're like Mary and Martha I can't believe he's not here We know that he would show up. I don't know if you do this or you don't, but you almost start reminding God that you should do something. Like, God, I know the plan. I'm a good person. Maybe you've proclaimed at a different time. I mean... I listen to Christian radio, I sing Christian songs, I I pray before my meals, I I go to church. Look at how much I serve at the church. Look at all these things that I do, Jesus. Jesus, we worship you in our homes. Jesus, why don't you show up? With God, a a waiting season is, is never a wasted season. Let me say that again. With God, uh, a waiting season is never a wasted season. For those of you that are waiting right now, maybe you're praying something. Maybe you're believing for something. You have faith that God can do something, and yet God is not doing something. I want to give you two simple things to remember today that I hope will propel us Out of this season of of COVID. COVID has felt like a long waiting season. The first thing, if you're taking notes in this, uh, the first area that we want to talk about when God seems late or God just doesn't seem to show up is this. That God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. Let me say it again. God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. In other words, just because God hasn't done it yet doesn't mean that God's not going to do it. Just because God hasn't answered your prayer now doesn't mean he's never going to answer your prayer. Go back to your Bibles. John chapter 11 verse 4. We read this about Jesus. When he heard this, when he heard the one that he loves is sick... When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. Then he said something that's hugely profound. Look at your Bibles. It's almost like he has a new category, a new concept for us to think about. He says, no, no. This is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. In other words, I know this is going on and I'm still in complete control. And when you reach the end of the story, you're not only going to see that there was a purpose for it, but you're going to see me, Jesus, glorified through this very thing you never wanted to happen. I'll be glorified through this. Remember that God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. It might be a God-orchestrated delay. In other words, God may not do what you want, but he's not going to do it now because he has a different purpose. God wants to do something in you before God does something for you. God wants to do something in you, inside of you, inside your thought processes, before He does something for you. There's a a divine delay. There's a, a purpose. It's kind of like what you do with your kids. I could give you this now, but you need to learn something first before I give you this blessing that you want. God wants to do something in you before he does something for you. In fact, in my own life, during those waiting times, I can tell you God has done a lot of things in me before he does something for me. When I've been waiting on God, God has given me the ability to to practice something that I don't naturally have. God teaches me to depend on him, to call on him. God teaches me to press into him. God teaches me to walk by faith, not by sight, because I don't sometimes see what I want to see. So I have to trust him. God teaches me that his ways are higher than my ways. That he has a purpose when I don't understand it. God teaches me that when I'm weak, that he is strong. That his strength is made perfect in my weakness. Sometimes, when, when God wants to do something in me or you, before God does something through me or you, before God actually allows me to impact others, God needs to do something in me. It's just a divine delay. Just because he doesn't do it or hasn't done it doesn't mean he's not going to do it. God's delays, once again, are not God's denials. Remember Martha and and Mary? You've got to come, Jesus. You've got to be here. You've got to heal him. Jesus, we know the plan. You've got to heal him. Jesus, you've got to be here right now. Remember, God, in a waiting season, it's never a wasted season. Time goes by, Jesus still hasn't come by. They're certain that he's going to, but Lazarus is really, really, really sick. He's got to get here any moment. Jesus has got to get here. That's what a friend does. Lazarus fights for his last breath and dies. Gee, where is God in all of this? Jesus is out healing Roman soldiers? What did we do that made Jesus not want to come here? God, this doesn't make sense. Eventually, actually a long time, Jesus finally gets here. And by that time, man, it's really rude. They've all brought the meals in. They've wrapped the body, Lazarus' body. They've put him in a tomb. The body's been there a day, another day, another day, another day, four days, and Jesus finally shows up. Now it's like, this is personal. Not only did you not heal him, Jesus, but you're not even here to comfort us when we're struggling. This doesn't make sense at all. Look back at at John chapter 11, verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb. Look at how many days. Four days. I, I, I want you to actually read ahead a little bit. You know, the body starts to decompose. In fact, the NIV version says, by the time... The, the body had a bad odor, and the King James, if you're a person who loves the King James translation, it's actually funny, it says it stinketh. I'm just kidding. It doesn't say that, but you can imagine that after four days. It's important to understand that the four days has tremendous significance. The reason is because people in the first century had this superstitious belief that for three days the spirit would hover over the body so for the first three days they actually thought the spirit was was close enough that there could be some kind of miracle in other words at this point four days in there's no hope it's game over it's done Jesus you let us down you failed us you didn't even show up for us Let me tell you, some of you, if you have not experienced this yet, you will. What do you do at that moment? You could proclaim to Jesus, man, you've done it for others. We've served you. You didn't show up for us. Where are you when it matters? Jesus, I've been going to this church for 20 years, I've tithed every Sunday verse 20 back in John 11 you see something really important when, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming she went out to meet him so Mary's, Mary's the introvert she stays home Martha is going out to, to meet Jesus because then she could give Jesus a piece of her her mind Lord Martha says to Jesus if, if you had been here My brother would not have died. She's hurt. She's like you and me. She's a human being. She might have been even a little little ticked off. She might be really angry. This is real life. Jesus, what were you thinking? Why didn't you? Jesus, I can't believe that you didn't come. After all that I've done for you, you couldn't even do this for me. I love the reality of this text. Let me read that part again, and then I'll read the next verse. Jesus, if, if you'd been here for my brother, my brother wouldn't have died. Then the next verse says this, but I know even now God will give you whatever you ask. I love the reality of that verse. That's where I live often. God. Why didn't you when you could have? And I don't understand, but God, I still trust you. Jesus, if you would have been here, this wouldn't have happened. But even now, I know that whatever I ask, I honestly believe you could do something about it. Our kids are like that at times. I don't understand what you want, Dad, but I know you love me and I still trust you. This is where many of us live right now, coming out of this pandemic. Let's just call it what it is. Some of us are waiting on something and it's not happening. The financial situation seems to get worse month by month. and We're praying. We're trying to fix it. You're working hard. You're doing the the best you can. You're fighting for your marriage. And the harder you fight, the more disconnected the other person seems. You're like, why? Why? Why, God? You're praying. You're praying for someone you love. You're praying for a miracle. And you know that God could do that miracle. And he doesn't. You kick back and you go, God, you're not fulfilling. You're not meeting my expectations. I believe in you. I trust in you. I worship you. I honor you. I serve you, God. Why aren't you doing what I asked you to do? God, why aren't you meeting my expectations? Well, let's jump into the second part, because this is really important for us. If God always met your expectations, he'd never have the opportunity to exceed them. Let that sink in for a minute. If God always met your expectations, he would never have the opportunity to exceed them. John chapter 11, get your Bibles again, verse uh, there's hope for Lazarus. Okay, Go back to where we were. There's hope for Lazarus. Verse 23. Four days have gone by. It's over. And Jesus proclaims this. Your brother will rise again. You see, I, I completely love that. Your brother will rise again. I see nothing. And verse 23, we read this. Your brother will rise again. Martha, she's confused. She doesn't get this. Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection one day in the future. In other words, we believe that one day the trumpet of God will sound and the dead of Christ in Christ will rise and be called up together. We know that. Jesus, we've learned that. But Jesus says, no, you don't understand. You see, I'm going to be glorified through this. I'm working another deal here, Martha. You thought what you wanted was best, but I had something even better. What you need to understand is I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die and whoever lives in believing in me will never die Martha what you need to understand is i'm working a little illustration here you see you thought the resurrection was would be an event the resurrection isn't so much an event it's the resurrection in the person i am the resurrection with me, death no longer has the final say. Death is not the end game. You see, when I die for your sins, whenever you put faith in me, even though your physical body dies, you will not have to die. You can live with God forever in heaven because I am the resurrection and the life. If God always met your expectations, friends, he would never have the chance to exceed them. Mary and Martha wanted, they expected a healing. Jesus planned a resurrection. What they wanted was good. What he had planned was way better. Maybe here is is where your mind starts to go. Thank you, Jesus. You didn't let me marry that other person. Because the person I have right now is an upgrade and they love you so much more and love me so much more. And the thing that I wanted is not as good as the thing that you had planned for me. Maybe for some of you, you wanted that job. I, I got to have that job. And we didn't get the job. And nine months later, you're in a job that you completely love. (laughs) And the other place is now downsizing and laying off. And you're like, God, if you gave me what I had wanted, it wouldn't have been as great as what you had provided for me. We want you to heal. We want you to heal Lazarus. Jesus says, no, actually, I'm going to do something that's even greater. I'm going to raise him from the dead because I want you to know that I'm the resurrection and the life and whoever believes in me, though they might die physically, they never have to die spiritually because what you expected was not what I wanted. I had something far better planned for you. Jesus looks at them. Go back to your Bible, verse 43 roll away the stone when he said this he called out in a loud voice well why did he say it in a loud voice because Lazarus had been dead for a while and dead people don't hear very well Lazarus wake up you're coming back to life scripture says the dead man came out the dead man came out God did not give them what they had expected He exceeded their expectations. I I want you to understand a few things. That God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. You're in a waiting zone. With God, a waiting season's never a wasted season. Perhaps God wants to do something in you before he can do something for you. If God always did what was expected, he'd never have the opportunity to exceed your expectations. Just because you're not married now and you want to be married and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting doesn't mean God's not preparing someone amazing for you right now. Just because your marriage isn't good right now doesn't mean that you're not both going to come to a place of submission. And as you find intimacy again in your marriage, it'll be way better than what you ever dreamed possible. Just because your child isn't serving Jesus doesn't necessarily mean that one day your child isn't going to be a passionate missionary serving Jesus in a workplace or overseas or wherever he or she is. Just because you don't see it yet does not mean that God's not going to bring it about. You may wake up and realize that one day the scene of your greatest disappointment may become the setting for the greatest miracle here on earth the thing that you never never wanted becomes a thing that god uses to reveal his goodness and plans for you way beyond your greatest expectations so what do we do when god doesn't make sense what do we do when we're waiting we pray we seek and we surrender let me Just tell you about a God that doesn't make sense. A God who loved you so much that he sent his son. He sent his son, Jesus, who was without sin and said, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus died for our sins. He was raised from the dead. On the third day, the stone was rolled away and his tomb was empty. He was not there. Why? Why? Because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Whoever calls on him will be saved. Every sin that you've ever committed will be completely forgiven. There are those of you who are watching this this morning. You recognize it's your time. You're here today for this moment. You need to proclaim, I surrender my life to him. I need it. I need his forgiveness. I need his grace. I recognize that's why I'm here for this moment. I'd encourage you to simply pray that, God, I surrender my life to you. Jesus, I trust you, and I give you my life. That would be my prayer, and that would, I'd encourage you to make that your prayer. We're going to transition. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to transition into communion. If you need to, to pause the, the, the video here to grab some communion elements, I'd encourage you to do that. And as we come back to, to take the bread and the, the cup, we will celebrate that even when God seems late, he still shows up. Let's pray. God, thank you that you're a God who always is there. God, if I said anything that wasn't of you, take it from my friends' minds. If you used me in a small way to encourage my friends, make it about the Holy Spirit that prompts, guides, and leads. Lord, we love you. We ask all this in your most powerful name. Amen. The the beauty with today is that God is never late. And that is my prayer for you. As we walk into this week, May we see those moments where God doesn't seem to be showing up. May we see that as actually God is stirring something in us. Stirring something in us to accomplish for his kingdom. Let me pray. Lord, we love you. We adore you. We worship you. Send us into this week ready to do your work according to what you have in store for us. May we see God... Moments throughout this week. Bring us back next week. We love learning more about who you are. Thank you for calling us to yourself. We ask all this in your name. Amen.